I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When I called my next guest, I called him several days ago, and the Indiana Pacers were only down one game to none against the Miami Heat, but I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and I thought the Pacers deserved the spot because they played so well in the restart. So I reached out to my buddy, Mark Boyle, who's only been the voice of the Pacers for the last 32 years, and asked him if he'd come on. I was hoping it would be a little bit more upbeat. We'll see what he brings to the table. Mark Boyle, the voice of the Pacers, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, MB? I am well, Jody. How are you? I'm good, except for one of the reasons why I called you this week and said, let's see if we get Mr. Boyle on, is because I like the Pacers' chances in this series. Winning that last game in the restart got them up to the fourth seed, and I know it doesn't really mean anything because all these games are being played in a bubble, but I thought psychologically it might give them enough to get past the heat. What's happened these last three games? Well, I think you could make the case that Miami is just simply the better team, especially when the Pacers don't have DeMontis Sabonis or Jeremy Lamb. But specifically, some of the things that have bothered them during the season have been notable in this series. They got to the line and made fewer free throws than any team in the league. They were outscored by over 20 from the line in Game 3. They did well enough in 1 and 2 as far as rebounding was concerned, but that's been a problem. Uh, throughout the season, and when Sabonis was gone on the restart, they were the second worst rebounding of the twenty uh, team of the twenty two down there. So, those were ominous signs going in. Uh, and then they did some uncharacteristic things in the first couple of games. They turned the ball over, which they don't normally do. Uh, Miami shot fifty one percent from three point range, and then in this game, a seventy four point first half. So. It's too simple to say that it's just because Sabonis and Lamb aren't there, but that's part of it. You could have argued that Miami was the better team anyway, but the difference, if there was any, would have been, I think, negligible, and it would have been a more competitive series, which isn't to say it's over. But for those that haven't done the research, Jody, I'll do it for you. 137 <laughs> times now in NBA history, a team has gone up 3-0 in a best of seven. If Miami loses this series, it'll be the first time that it's ever happened. Only trying to beat 137 in our trend. Uh, that's a little difficult. I'll give you that. I, uh, you watch Pacers night in, night out, do all of their games. I watch them sporadically. I get what they're missing with Sabonis, his flexibility, his ability to hit the boards and D up bigs on the other team. Uh, maybe I didn't see enough of the Pacers in the regular season. What are they missing from Jeremy Lamb? Well, he's not a star by any means. He did start most of the season because Oladipo was out, and then he hurt his knee and was lost for the rest of the season. He's a guy that can score off the bench. Uh, You know, he'll get 12, 13 points off the bench, uh, and that doesn't seem like much until you don't have it. Uh, So he's missed. He's not a player on the level of Sabonis. I wasn't suggesting that. But, you know, when you get into a playoff series against a team that's as good as you or perhaps even better, 
every little bit counts, and he would have given them, I think, a little punch off of the bench. Fair enough. Um, I did uh, see the Pacers play a couple times in the restart, including the one night that T.J. Warren went nuts for 50-plus against the 76ers. He's a solid player at North Carolina. He kind of fit the up-and-down tempo of the uh, Suns. But I didn't know this guy had superstar potential in him. How has it worked so well in Indianapolis? Well, it's a good fit for one thing. Even before that outburst in the restart, he was the team's leading scorer at better than 19 a game. So he didn't come from nowhere. He was a proven scorer in Phoenix. But in Indiana, he's been reliable. He's been out there most every night. He missed a handful of games with injury. Uh, We were, well, I shouldn't say we, I'm sure management knows more than I do, but as somebody who saw him play twice a year when he was with the Suns, because you don't really see the Suns unless you're playing the Suns because they're out in the West and they've had a bad team and you just don't see them. Uh, I was under the impression that he was a very poor defender. But we had heard the same thing about Boyan Bogdanovich when he came to the Pacers. And one of the things you'll find, Jody, is this. Some guys are poor defenders because the team they're playing with doesn't demand anything more from them, especially if they can score. Uh, Bogdanovich became a competent defender here. Warren has been a decent defender here. The way they do things here is that regardless if it's Nate McMillan or you know going way back to Larry Brown, Larry Bird, All of the coaches they've had here have demanded that defense be a part of the equation, and these guys have responded. Now, they're not here because they're defenders, but they're better all-around players than you thought they might be when they were in some of these other venues. Now, Warren got 53 in the game. You're talking about he had a 40-point game in the restart. He's not going to do that on a regular basis, but he's a reliable 20-point-a-game scorer. Yeah, he has been, and uh, I didn't I hadn't realized how often he was putting up 20, 30, 40. I knew he never put up 50 before, but he did the night that I watched. And we're talking to Mark Boyle, the radio voice of the uh, Pacers on their radio network here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bogdanovich. I know Lamb and Sabonis have been recent subtractions from the lineup due to injury. Bogdanovich left because of a deal. How much have the Pacers missed him this year? Well, he's a good player, but the addition of Warren sort of negated that. Uh, they wanted him back, and he did want to come back, but you hit on it. Utah offered him a much better situation, and he's done well there. He's a good player, a really good player. But that left a hole here, and they were able to get Phoenix to send Warren here for relatively little. In fact, nothing in terms of, of playing personnel, so they didn't lose anyone to get him. Uh, There are draft considerations and cash and so forth, but that doesn't hurt you in the short term. So he comes in and essentially replaces Bogdanovich. There are different types of players. Bogdanovich is the better long-range shooter. Warren, perhaps the better all-around player, although that's arguable. But the numbers are comparable, or at least comparable enough, that you didn't really miss Bogdanovich. Warren has stepped in and done a very nice job. One of the guys who was brought in as well to replace Bogdanovich was Jonathan Brogdon who, again, you see them more often, you tell me more than me telling you, uh, like today's game, flashes of flat-out brilliance and then long stretches of not contributing. That seems to be the issue with me for Brogdon is that when when the highs are high, the lows are all so low, it's kind of inconsistent. Is that a fair way to gauge what he's been for the Pacers here in year one uh, since coming in from Milwaukee? I think the reason you think that, Jody, is because you don't see him play enough. He's been pretty consistent. The issue with him has been availability. 
he suffered through a variety of injuries in Milwaukee. Uh, he missed a bunch of games with a whole bunch of different injuries, none of them serious, three games here, two games there, and so forth. Uh, but he's been the assist leader all season long. He's been a reliable scorer. He's a terrific free-throw shooter. And last year, when he was in Milwaukee, he became just the eighth player ever to be a 50-40-90 guy. 50 from the floor, 40 from three, and 90 from the line. So he's a good player. In Milwaukee, though, he didn't have the role that he wanted because they don't need a prototypical ball handler like most teams do. They have Atetokounmpo. They don't need someone to run the offense and bring the ball up in a, in a more traditional manner. And he was looking for something like that. The Pacers needed a guy to do that. Uh, and he's been good. Now, he hasn't shot the ball as well this year as he did in Milwaukee. 50-40-90 is a pretty high standard. Uh, and he's well below that this season, except at the line where he's right around 90. Uh, but today he had 34. Uh, he had, I think, 14 assists, seven rebounds. That's not a typical game for him. Those numbers are well outside the norm. But he's been pretty solid, and they've been very pleased with him. Fair enough. Um Despite trending 132-0 against, I expect the Pacers... 136-0. Oh, one th- I'm sorry to shortchange the undefeated 3-0 and teams yeah. in NBA history. Um, I expect the Pacers to come out with a solid effort in game number four. Don't know if it'll be a winning effort, but they'll leave it all on the floor. Most of that because of Nate McMillan. They played hard in this series. That's not the reason why they've lost. I think you're right. They've just been better by the better team. The Heat have kind of turned up their game a little bit from the end of the season here into the postseason. I'll give them their kudos for that. Um, What can the Pacers get? We know if they win four games in a row, they can set NBA history. Uh But what do they, what can they accomplish with the game or games remaining in this series, if anything? Well, this is easier said than done because we're not talking about robots. We're talking about people, and it's really difficult to compartmentalize. But there are two ways, I think, to look at it. If you look at it as we have to beat this team four times, and they're probably as good as us, if not better, given our personnel situation, then that seems daunting and depressing and maybe overwhelming. But if you can somehow figure out a way to look at it like, we're good enough to play with this team. If we eliminate some of our mistakes, uh, perhaps defend a little bit more aggressively on their three-point shooters, let's see, can we win game four? And then if we win game four, we'll take a step back and reassess again. Now, that's easier said than done. I suspect it's much more likely that everybody would look at it as, man, we got to beat this team four times. That's exhausting. But I think you are correct on this particular point. They will play hard. They will compete. That's part of the way they've done things here for a long time. And Nate McMillan is that kind of coach. One of his favorite things is to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, he'll say it in a variety of different ways, but don't disrespect the game. And if you do, you won't play. So that's the culture they've developed here with this coach. They will compete. They might not be good enough. They are shorthanded. Miami might be better anyway. But they will compete. Whether or not they can win or not remains to be seen. And whether or not they can win four in a row seems almost overwhelmingly difficult. But, you know, the old cliche, uh, Jody, you can't win four if you don't win one. So you start with that, and there you go. Got to start somewhere. Exactly right. Mark Boyle, uh, radio voice of the Pacers, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Assuming percentages play out and the Pacers don't rip off four in a row and get beat here in the first round. Turning the page. Decision-making process in Indiana. 
Pritchard is the president. Buchanan is the general manager. Who's going to make the basketball changes on this team going into 2021? Well, Pritchard's in charge, but he does rely on advice and counsel from Chad Buchanan and from Nate McMillan and others on the staff. He'll make the decisions, but he's open to listening, and I'm not sure what they think their priorities are. Uh, We know that their weaknesses during the season have been rebounding. Even with Sabonis, they were in the bottom third. Uh, They can't get to the line. That's a problem that needs to be addressed. And although they've done a really good job offensively, given the fact that they don't rely on the three like the rest of the league does, uh, fewer three-point baskets per game than any team other than the Knicks. Now, that's probably because they're trying to steer things to the strength of their personnel. But once you get to the offseason and start to assess things, it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Do you look at it and go, we've got a pretty good mid-range team. I know that's not the way the league is now. Uh, but we scored a higher percentage of our shots from uh, two-point range than any team in the league. We're pretty good there. Can we still play that way? Or do we need to modify our approach and bring in some long-range shooters and change our whole plan? I, I can't speak for them in terms of what they'll try to do. They've been pretty successful given their deficiencies, but they need to take a look at the whole picture. Every franchise does that. The one thing that's uh, interesting to me, Jody, is this. Their projected starting fives before the season began, was Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Turner, and Sabonis. Now, they finished 17 games over 500, even though those five guys played together for a grand total of 86 minutes all season. So maybe you look at that and say, man, we were pretty good without those guys playing together. Let's take another run with those guys if they're all healthy and see where we are. Uh, There's a lot of things they have to take a look at and decide But that's really not that much different than any other team. Even the good teams have important decisions to make. And in a weird offseason where all the teams' numbers are going to be down because they played the last quarter of the season and the entire playoffs without putting fannies in seats because of the coronavirus, um, they have a little bit more cap flexibility than other teams around the league. If you had to say, uh, adding three-point shooting or rebounding, if they've got one punch to take, which of the two are they going to throw? Uh, if they had one punch to take and they could only add one player to deal with that, I think they could use another physical guy that could rebound and maybe get to the line a little bit. Uh, but they're not without flaw. They need a lot of things. Now, they're, as I said, 17 games over 500, fourth best in the East. So, They're not desperate, and they're not in a position where they need to retool, but they do have some noteworthy weaknesses, and I think they need to address those. If it were me, I would prioritize. Uh, Rebounding would be something. You could use another long-range shooter. You need to get to the line. If you can find a guy or two guys that can give you some of that, then uh, that would be where I would go. All right. Uh, Now, next game is not till Monday, correct? And tomorrow's the Indianapolis 500, so you plan on leaving in the house? No, you know, they aren't, there's, no, uh, there's no fans at the 500. Okay, so no traffic uh, whatsoever. The, the roads oh, will no, be no, perfectly there will be fine. Traffic. No, there will be traffic, because I'm told that this is a tradition here like no other, at least in this part of the country. And from what I'm told, there is a significant number that are expected to show up outside the track. Yeah, that's what I figured. The parking lot will still be nuts. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not a race fan, and I've been here for over 30 years. The first year I was here, I went to the race just because I wanted to see it. 
and I will tell you this: I've never been back, but the uh, the pageantry leading up to the start of the race is unparalleled. It's really cool. So if you ever get a chance to go, you should. But to me, the rest of it was just watching a bunch of guys drive around in circles on the way to nowhere. I I think racing is sort of like soccer or maybe even baseball in that it's it's just a, a sport that you have to grow up watching to really get. And uh, I grew up in Minnesota. We knew about the 500, but that was as far as it went with racing. And I, I just never got into it. But the pageantry of that event is spectacular. whole bunch of left-hand turns, but they're very fast left-hand turns. Yes, so yes, yes. Give those guys yes. a heck of a lot of credit for it. MB, great catching up. I hope you get a couple more games under your belt before uh, the trend of 136-0 catches up with you. Thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Well, I enjoyed it, as I always do, and let's uh, let's have a pact here. We will do this again uh, when we get to the conference finals. That's a done <laughs> deal, my friend. That is Mark Boyle here with us on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.